walking. In Lord of the Rings? Yeah, because they be walking. And we're live with Matthew Teclamarium. What's up, bro? Another much, man. Just uh, here to record another episode of Cult of Personality. How's your arm? I don't know. It kind of hurts. What did you do? I don't know, man. He, sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know? And... I'm always so careful about that because when I was younger and this was probably bullshit someone just said that like they slept on their arm weird and then they couldn't use it ever again so uh, then... i don't i don't know if that's true but uh, as robin williams says in aladdin yeah ten thousand years will give you a crick in the neck <laughs> some guy messaged me on facebook though and he said that he slept weird and um he gave himself some sort of arm issue that he had to get a surgery for that happens like i i'll find it right now you know, this dude was on drugs when he passed out probably that's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna say his full name and uh, email address. We're gonna dox him on the show. What's his name? It's like Scott something. Hey, Matthew Declamarium right there. No, his name's David. I got that so wrong. Uh, call me Hun. <laughs> uh oh. Uh. Yeah, my left one has radial nerve palsy from sleeping wrong. <laughs> yeah. Define sleeping wrong, though. That's there's so many. You know, is it just like you flipped over and your arm was underneath you, or you know, sleeping in the wrong place, or I don't know. Maybe he slept wrong on Saturday night. Hey, after like that he, mo- after he had a fever, like that movie we're talking about. Which one is it? Hey, Saturday Night Fever. You know the one. It's Italiano Americano. Left going nowhere. Somebody mm-hmm. help me. Mm-hmm. Somebody help me. Yeah. All right. Let's get it. <laughs> now, what's the plot of this movie? You're wondering. Well, basically, a young butt shit and hey. John Travolta dances for two hours to Bee Gees music. Trying to win a contest. It's basically, oh, he likes this girl. It's like, you know those, um, <laughs> you know those movies that you would watch on the Disney Channel where it'd be some guy and he's snowboarding and then, uh, there's like that jerk guy and the girl that he, the, the ugly girl that really likes him, um, but he doesn't like her. And then there's like that cool girl that he's chasing after the whole movie. And then there's the big snowboard competition coming up and they got to win the grand prize money to get, you know, little Timmy's heart medicine. Yeah. Yeah. That's this movie. Rags to riches. This one has sexual assaults and racism and the thing with this coke ribs (laughs) and bong tokes, speed, MDMA joints and racial tension. And misogyny, disco music, and Bee Gees, which stands for black girls, because that's who sings the music. They are women. Can you really fault me for that? No. Can fault me for this? No. And paint. This movie is paint. Yeah, he works in a paint store. What do you think the symbol? What do you think the symbolism there with the paint store? And a guy who looks like Woody Allen, the pervy pervert, who's like, "Hey, you're late. Always late." Parker, always late. <laughs> Look, you get these pizza delivered or your ass is fired. Brilliant, but lazy. We're going to do Spider-Man on there. Well, yeah, of course. We're going to do this lady on the show. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't come out as I, made, <laughs> as I wanted it to. You know what Saturday Night Fever is really about? It's about the American dream, okay? You got a young buck, an Italian stallion, Tony Monero. 
And he's working a dead-end job. You know? He's got no education. You know? He's going nowhere. Somebody help him, please. And the movie is about his escape from all the crappiness of his life. Um, and he just, you know, he gets lost in the groove. Yeah, it's kind of about that in the last 20 minutes of the movie, maybe. Hey. Okay, what's the movie about? You tell me. I told you, this guy, this Jagoff, Tony Italiano. Tony Minera. Tony Brigatoni. Marinera. Is, is going, is, I don't know, he dances. I'd like to preemptively apologize to all Italian listeners. Um, because I won't, we won't be pulling any punches today, <laughs> unfortunately. He goes and sees 2001 A Space Odyssey every fucking week. Every weekend. He's a big film buff. I can appreciate that. Okay, no joke. Here, okay, this handsome, <laughs> handsome looking son of a gun, um, it likes dancing, uh, and there's a contest coming up, and then he's gonna go with this one girl, but then he's like, actually, I want this other girl to be my partner. And they kind of—it's a classic whodunit, basically. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't actually. I'm gonna look up the grand prize money in this. Five hundred dollars, big money. And I'm gonna try to figure out uh, how much that is in today's money right away. It's like a trillion dollars. Pretty close, probably. Okay, so five hundred dollars in 1977 is the equivalent of about two thousand dollars now. You know what? Which, movie, easy, which even then is shit money. You know what 1977 movie I wish we were watching? No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, there's three possible answers. Uh, there's an easy one and then there's some better ones. I can't think of 77 movies off the top of my head. Star Wars. Nah. What? what Eraserhead. Eraserhead, yeah. Suspiria. Suspiria. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. Well, this one's pretty good too, right? Well... Yeah. Let's let's just get into it. What do you what do you like about this film? Tell me what you like. Okay. Here's what I like. Soundtrack is it's so easy. I like it's so effortless. I like is it even <laughs> Is it even This movie's driving Lucas Cuckoo crazy? Like a pat on the back to say, Oh, you got good music in your movie? It is, because you gotta you know, it's part it's like the it's like as if it was the score. Would we would we say the score is good? Yeah, especially because okay, the thing with this is that some of the songs are not made for the movie. Yeah. Um, however, the songs that the original songs in this are bangers. Staying alive, it's like an all time classic song. Is that an original? That is an original. All the BG songs in this are new compositions for the movie. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Staying then... alive. How deep is your love? Uh, More than night, a woman. More than a woman and night fever are all original. Oh. Okay, I didn't know that. I, okay, so then it, it <laughs> total pure good soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. It's I think it's like the best selling of all time, probably. It's up there. Yeah. But it's like you know what? If if you got a record collection, it's essential. You give that a spin. Yeah. Where's your copy? Uh, well, it's in the mail. <laughs> in the back. In it's storage. It's in the back at Archie's. He'll... <laughs> He's holding on that... to it for you until you buy it. <laughs> yeah, I told them this a couple more weeks. Um, okay, so I like the soundtrack. Uh, the cinematography in this movie is pretty interesting. They have a lot of nice POV shots. Um, good lighting, and I think it's almost like purposeful that the club is more exciting than real life. Yes. 
Uh, I like that sort of aspect of the movie. Um, John Travolta, I think, is he puts on a good performance, except for a few scenes. Um, I mean, most of the cast is pretty pretty good. Uh, they do they have that nice old timey camera filter that they put on the women, which is pretty sweet. It's always great to see a, St a Star Trek reference for sure, no doubt. <laughs> Was Star Trek the first? Were no. they the first to do that? No, they weren't the first misogynies. <laughs> misogynies. The first uh, epic, well, whatever. Um, what else? I, there's some good humor in the movie. It's a pretty funny movie, I'd say. For the most part, well-written. I, I think it's pretty well I like the script on this. Some stuff is, is a little unbelievable. They had that sort of rocky effect where it's just some douchebag do-nothing that gets a girl in the end, kind of. I mean... I want to talk about that because I think this movie and even watching like dancing movies that came out after this like when I was a kid I watched a couple times with my sister Dirty Dancing I've seen that movie so many times or even like a movie like Footloose those are like extremely idealistic films yep. to the point where they're like they're I would say they're more like Disney movies in the sense that it's like guy comes in there's a problem there's the girl at the end it's all good he gets the girl and hey yeah, we're all happy. Have a big dance sequence. <laughs> the thing I like about this movie, and I actually was not expecting this having, and this is the first time I saw this movie for the show, was that I didn't expect it to be as like grimy as it was. Yeah, the movie I think does a pretty good job of depicting like working class life in seventies Brooklyn, uh, given that the characters in the film are all like poor Italian Americans. Mm -hmm. It does a good, it, it feels realistic and the dialogue feels natural. You know, of course, all his buddies are like complete jo jokers, the chill jerks. All they're doing is spouting off sexual remarks and all they care about is. A couple of N words here and there. Clubbing and getting their rocks up. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's to the point where it's almost pretty bleak. I mean, you can, Tony as a character, I think, is pretty relatable. And I mean, his struggle is pretty generic, per se. He lives in squalor, and he wants to rise above it. But there's something that captivating about it. And one thing that I really like about it is I think John Travolta does actually have a good performance in this. And I agree with you that in some scenes, you're, like his acting is a bit strange. bit bland. Bit a bit bland. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because he sometimes has that... Like a vacant eye look, maybe. I, John Travolta's got these big eyes, <laughs> but I think one of my some of my favorite scenes in this movie are are scenes where John Travolta just really has to kind of portray emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like the scene at the ending of the film when he's just riding the subway after his hectic night out. I like the ending of the film quite a bit, and we should talk about it later. Yeah, but I think John Travolta does a pretty good performance. I mean, he has the typical. He kind of has the guise of. And like the personality of all his friends, but you can tell that he yearns and aspires for a little bit more. He's got some more depth than the others, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. And that's why it's easy to sympathize with him in comparison with the other characters. And speaking of characters, um, do you think that a lot of the characters in this film are pretty unlikable? Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> There's like in this movie, and that's another thing that's different from like a typical dancing movie is that. The people on this are all very flawed. Every character in the film. There isn't really like a good Goody Two-Shoes character, except for maybe Frank Jr. But even, well, and then they bring him down a peg. And then even then his his sin is that he left the which priesthood, like, which is like whatever. But it makes sense that 
everyone would be disappointed and ashamed yeah. in the time period and such like that. Do you think, like, there was some sort of um, underlying tone, like maybe it was gay or something? I don't think so. I don't think they implied... I mean, like, it could be something like that. I think it really is just what he said, which is just, like, one day you just you look at a crucifix and it's just a man dying on a cross. Like he thought he lost faith? Yeah, and I think and I think that's it serves thematically in the film because when you have Frank Jr. come back and say, like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life now, in a way it reinvigorates Tony because the fact that he has no direction, it doesn't he doesn't feel as bad. Yeah. It, like they have that scene in the film in which he says, you know, that was always the shit and you were perfect. So mm-hmm. now that you're not so perfect, maybe I'm not the shit anymore. Mm-hmm. The Frank Jr. storyline, though, in this, it doesn't really have like a satisfactory resolution, which is one thing that bothers me. And there's another, oh, sorry, what were you, you going to say? Oh, nothing. I was just going to say, yeah, he just pieces out. He just pieces out and he's like, he seems pretty happy. He's just, you know, whatever, going to make his way in the world, which once again is... I think meant to sort of inspire Tony mm-hmm. to a degree, um, but he's a. I like his performance, and I like uh, I like that storyline of having Frank Junior be there. It, it's like a nice parallel story wise with with Tony's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a storyline. If we're talking about characters, there's one character that they're all, also their storyline is kind of unsatisfactory and it's almost cruel let's talk about annette let's talk about the annette situation here sure they do her dirty in this movie gang bangs yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> crying i think and i was thinking about this and i was trying to think what is the purpose of this character like you know story-wise and i guess one element is that and one thing that you see is that and this is another good parallel that they have. And one of the th- things that I like about this movie is the parallel between the disco scenes and the regular scene. Mm-hmm. For example, the opening scene, which is the staying alive when he's walking on the street, you know, he's going after these women and they're all not giving him time of day because mm-hmm. when he's out on the street, he's just... A, ra- a rapey guy. He's just a teenage dumbass carrying a, pa- uh, carrying a can of paint. <laughs> and they're like, whatever. They don't even talk to him. They don't even look at him. They're just like, fuck off. Yeah. But when he goes to the club, he has all these women fawning over him. Annette, I guess, is just meant to be uh, the biggest example of that she just loves Tony, like, unflinchingly, with no compromise whatsoever. No, Even the other he, example is that chick who's like, can I wipe the sweat off your forehead? Yeah, that's, an, that's a good one, too. And I, that was that's another good, uh, that was a funny scene when she's like, can I please wipe your forehead? <laughs> and then when they go on the dance floor, she's just hugging him. <laughs> The thing with the Annette storyline, though, is that it, it seems that... Okay, so Tony is kind of on and off again with her. He doesn't care much for her, but he needs a dance partner. Mm-hmm. Then he meets Stephanie, and he throws her by the wayside. Throughout the film, she's trying to get him back. At, at one point, when they're trying to have sex, and he refuses because she doesn't have protection, later on, she comes along with a handful of condoms. That's another good dark kind of comedy moment that they have in the film. And then at the end, and then her resolution for her storyline, um, Joey and Double J, who are his buddies, are like, you don't actually care about her. We're going to take care of her. And then they just rape her. Um, and then, like, she gets out of the car on the bridge and she looks like she wants to commit suicide. Yeah. I don't really know what the purpose of that was. Like, it feels like in, it feels like a script oversight to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you have that rape scene that kind of shows that, I guess, his friends are very deplorable people, if you want to emphasize that. But then, 
I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess, given that the theme of the film is people living in terrible circumstances, trying to rise above, she's just one example of that. And then another example of that, and another character I want to talk about is Bobby. And you like his storyline. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this. This was the Annette thing real quick. I forget who said this. It was just a, a quote I heard sometime. It, it was some writer that said, I think, but they basically said, like, you should only have a rape scene in a movie if you like abs, or just in a story if you like need it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't think this movie needed it. Like I, the, because what is it supposed to to really do for the story? Uh, That's the thing that bothers me nothing, about the Annette pl- plot line. It, like it, it, again, like it's it shows that his friends are bad. Okay, he already knows that. We already know we already that. know that. It's a like. It almost felt like uh, we were going to get a Return of the Jedi Darth Vader moment where he's going to go, no, and <laughs> save them off and beat them up. But then he's just like, uh, you feel good about yourself now, huh? Huh? And there, and and another point in it, and I'll say is that while they are assaulting her, Tony doesn't say anything because yeah. he can't, but he kind of, he looks like very, there's, there's just a shot of him. When it, with a neck crying in the back and he kind of just looks off and he's got that dead stare. Yeah. And you get the sense that, you know, he, he he's kind of reflecting. And then it comes at a pivotal point in the film. And I feel like we got ahead of ourselves already because we're already at the ending. Well, we can go to the Bobby situation. Let's talk about the Bobby situation. Okay? Sure. Bobby is a great character in this film. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I love the execution of his storyline because he's one of the crew. But he's like the little kid of the crew. He's, he's a, a peon. Every shitty group of friends has a peon. Yeah, he's got the he's the runt. Where he's like, oh, you don't like my tapes? I can get different tapes. Uh, and like, he does feel bad for him the whole movie. And it's his car that they all take turns fucking yeah. in. And yeah. they just were like, yeah, it's my turn. Give me the keys. Can I ram it into this Hispanic club? No, I'm okay. doing it anyways. Hey. Yeah. And a plot line, the plot line for him throughout the film is that he has a girlfriend, Pauline, who you never see in no. the film, who he has gone pregnant. Mm-hmm. And given that he's an uneducated teenager in the 70s with low-life friends, he has no idea what to fucking do. Yeah. And he's asking everybody what they would do or what they think she should do. And nobody has an answer for him because what answer do you have? His options are aborted or get married. And uh, I guess those are not great options. Pauline doesn't want the abortion. Yeah, you find out later on Pauline doesn't want the abortion, so he supposes that he has to get married he has, mm-hmm. a, he has a good scene in the disco when he talks with frank jr frank jr is having a good time watching tony dancing and bobby trying to get his attention and then he says like i got her pregnant and then frank Ju- <laughs> he asked frank jr if he can have a pardon from the pope to get the abortion and frank jr is like i don't think so bobby i'm sorry um i feel like that scene may have been a demonstration of why frank jr quit the practice and he leaves and he leaves the club after that yeah and it could be because that's something as a priest that people unload on you every day yeah they just dump all all their problems uh, you know can you forgive me please yeah and like okay. and it's like yeah, yes man <laughs> shit okay is it gonna make you feel better <laughs> bobby's resolution to his storyline is great they have um and earlier in the film one of their friends gus gets jumped by these puerto ricans mm-hmm. a puerto rican gang called the paracudas do we see gus before that we do very briefly okay he's like a my he's he's pretty minor okay um they in turn have a counter-attack 
on the Puerto Ricans. Um, and during the counterattack, Bobby drives. They plow right into the bar or whatever establishment they're in. Uh, one member tries to jump onto Bobby. Bobby drags away. Later, they're reprimanding him for his cowardice and saying, Bobby, we all got beat the hell up. Where were you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bobby says, uh, I was just driving around. I was looking for you. I didn't know where you were. <laughs> And then we have the final scene of the film in which, and throughout the film, there's another thing that we forgot to talk about. The bridge. And this is one thing I like about the movie. Too. Yeah, the cannoli bridge. Let's talk about the cannoli uh, spaghetti gabagool <laughs> bridge. The Verrazano bridge that unites Staten Island to Brooklyn. It's a pretty easy visual metaphor, right? Yeah. It's just a literal bridge to a better life. Yeah. And they always goof around on there and they're jumping around. And in the climactic uh, scene at the end, Bobby... You know, probably, I think he's hopped up on drugs from the club. Probably. Um, he wishes to show how brave he is. So he starts goofing around on the bridge and they're saying, hey, come down. Um, another thing that compounds to his, like, emotional troubles is that Tony said he would call him mm -hmm. earlier that night. He didn't. Yeah, because he's a peon friend. He's the peon friend. Yeah. Bobby falls and dies. Yeah. And you get another great scene uh, that was I thought was pretty poignant when, you know, they're all on the riverbank and they're talking to the cops. And they said, do you think he killed himself? Joey just says, no. Other ways of killing yourself besides Tony, killing yourself. Tony says there's other ways of killing yourself besides killing yourself. And Sorry the cop, if I stole your thunder there. And the cop's just like, yeah. All right, let's move <laughs> out. <laughs> and that's another great scene where John Travolta just, in a quiet moment, shows... Just like great expression acting when the police siren or the police lights are flashing on his face and he just says shit and he, and he walks away. Yeah. Um, the Bobby storyline is great and it's just a great example and it plays into the idea of the film of, of people trying to escape their situation. As some people don't get out. Yep. And some people have they they take the hard way out or I guess the easy way out or whatever you want to say. Well, I think. Do you think like he. I, I always felt like it was accidental that he died. The thing is, he, his death is accidental. But yeah. I, I like what I, I think it's summed up perfectly by telling you there's there's ways of killing yourself besides yeah. just directly killing yourself. Mm -hmm. And you know, Bobby had nowhere to go. He's got a girlfriend who's pregnant, doesn't want to marry her. Definitely does not have the money to raise a kid. No. Um, and just an inactive hubris. It's all gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was great. I, I love that storyline in the film. Um, Bobby's a great character. He's probably like one of my favorite characters in this film. Do you, We should talk about the Tony and Stephanie romance. Sure. I don't think it's that convincing. Nope. <laughs> Maybe I don't know how, you know, this kind of thing was done back in the day and in this in this setting. But they don't like each other that much. And I, and it's, and I guess it's kind of like will they, won't they? But it's really like they don't like seem to like each other at all that much besides basic attraction. Uh, and then Tony tries to rape her at the end. Hey, I'm not even going to joke about <laughs> uh, Yeah, he does. And like, it, it's just, they did in the Rocky too and it just pissed me off. They did that in Rocky? Not like a rape scene, but oh. they did this thing where it's just like this absolute fucking 
bum of a guy and he's just like a piece of shit to this girl and then she's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean I, I truth at the end they don't get together and that's uh, one thing that I appreciate about the film is that they don't have the attempted rape scene and then oh they're all together like they do that in Blade Runner I'll say yeah. that and in fact in Blade Runner it's like a successful rape scene which makes it even worse yeah um that's one aspect of the film that I appreciated was once again another degree of realism there where she's just not going to wave away rape she says we're still friends and they embrace and they shake hands or whatever mm -hmm. at the end of the film but it is nice that Tony doesn't quote unquote win at the end no and another thing that's interesting about the film is that he doesn't really win the contest either he wins the contest but he's troubled by his win mm -hmm. because he feels that due to racial bias he was granted the win because he's a white guy yeah their dance fucking sucked tony's dance their and, dance is pretty bad and this is a bit of bad oh i said the writing was pretty good this is a piece of bad writing in the movie is that they have this slow dance and then like ugh, they just they suddenly don't care about the competition and they just have this really shitty dance and then kiss for most of it and I guess we're gonna be like oh it's because they realized they were in love but then they aren't in love um because after he tries to get with her and she's like I don't like you and so they weren't in love so what is the point of that scene like is it for the audience I don't I don't get that there's points in this film where their interactions almost make me semi-uncomfortable and perhaps that's the idea but one great the only like genuine romantic scene that they have that I thought was really good was when after um, Tony finds out that Stephanie has some suitor mm -hmm. and, and I want to talk about Stephanie too because um, her... well do you want to finish your thought on the, the dance yes Yeah. Um, what are we talking about <laughs> Well, he, they don't really win the dance. They don't really win the dance. Um, what happens is that the judges are white, and they give Tony the prize, presumably because he's white, mm -hmm. because he says that their dance, the Puerto Ricans' dance, um, were way better. And then we saw these, like these black people dancing before him, and they were they were way also, fucking better. They were also better. <laughs> yeah. And and you know that was actually surprising for me in this film because once again I expected it to be a pretty traditional happy-go-lucky film, but. No, they actually have the main character. And you don't really expect Tony, of all characters, to do that. Because in the film, is Tony a good guy? Not really. Mm -hmm. But he he's relatable. And as a protagonist, he has uh, you know admirable qualities. But you don't expect that at the end for him to just totally come out, give away his prize, and just completely reject his win. Totally. Because, you know, throughout the film, you know, he loves dancing. Yeah, but that's the thing. He loves dancing, and that's the one. He's like, there's only two times people have been nice to me, and it's dancing. And uh, what was the other time? I don't know. Whatever. And then, so then when he he sees himself, and everyone sees him as this dancing god, and then he goes to this competition, and then everyone's fucking better than him, and then he then they just give him the trophy because he's white, and he's like, man. He just becomes, and I love, I like that scene a lot. He's so disillusioned yeah. with his dream because throughout the film, you know, dancing in the disco in 2001 Odyssey, it's his escape, it's his safe haven. Mm -hmm. But then he, he leaves the venue and he says, you look at this fucking shithole, you know? Yeah. It's fucking garbage. It's all of it. He realizes that, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not like some, some beautiful safe haven where everyone can dance and be happy the realities of real life start to creep into his disco life. And that's when he sort of 
becomes unsettled. Yeah, and then like even his friends, he's like, "Fuck you guys." Like, yeah, like he, you're phonies. You yeah. can't even tell me when you know I'm worse than these other guys. Yeah, and he becomes disillusioned with his friend too. And he has the and the thing is, at, right after that scene, he takes Stephanie the car, and presumably he's so angry he he makes an attempt, and I guess he's sexually frustrated, so he makes an attempt. Sure. Whatever. You can't excuse any sort of rape attempt. No. Which is weird that they would. I, f- I feel like it was kind of strange that they would add that in. Like you could cut that out and have some sort of argument or confrontation mm-hmm. with Stephanie, and then you can still have that same ending. You know what? You can also cut out of this movie. What? five dance scenes that we have okay they're music videos and i'm not gonna allow you to not fault this when you didn't like the musical choices of days and confused and we watched this shit and i'm seeing through four minute dance scenes that are all the same hey, and the, the his solo dance scene is pretty it's pretty it's pretty funky. And it's then pretty cool. Woody Allen over here, pervy perv. Uh, <laughs> don't, call him him a, don't call him a perv. Woody Allen's a perv. He's not a perv. He's got a pervy look to him. And don't. He, he gives him a buck raise. Yeah, anyways. Um, the one thing I really like about this movie, this is such a small thing, but uh, Tony's room. I like him. his posters. Like He has Rocky. He has a picture of Al Pacino. I think from Serpico. Yeah, he has this picture of this large nippled woman and he's got linda cardo wonder woman on yeah there too yeah and it's just very machismo very american dream yes i like that like i i said like of course you'd have a rocky poster in his room and there's that's the thing about this movie that i was surprised at is like the authenticity of it mm-hmm. i expected it i expected it to be a disco movie in the sense that it would just be like Hey, is it we're not in the 70s awesome? But, like, really, it's like, hey, doesn't, doesn't a real life actually kind of fucking suck? Yeah. And that's one thing I can really appreciate about the movie in comparison to other films. But just in general, it's a dance movie, but really it's just like a drama film with dancing in it. There's, like, I for me, I just, it's just, there's so many unresolved things in this movie that at the end I'm just kind of like, okay... Like, his problems at home, like Frank Jr., like Annette, and we can kind of, we can try and cope and be like, well, it's like life, you know. Yeah, it's life. It's just, you know, there's no (laughs) clean resolution, Lucas. And that's fine. Um, But, like, this movie, to me, just isn't that cool. I know that's such (laughs) a lame thing, but, like, I just watch this movie and I find myself really bored with it. I don't know what exactly... It just does wrong, but I just I just watch it. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, there's so many things. There's so many movies that have said like life sucks. Uh, that do this better, like yeah. Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that movie does life sucks the best. Yeah, that movie's great. When it's just like fuck your American dream, man. Yeah, like it's the future is here, Grandpa. The American dream's done. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> The movie definitely does not have the polish of the sheen or any of that. There are some loose ends. His family life isn't really resolved. His 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 the resolution with his relationship with Stephanie leaves a lot to be desired. Like they don't, we we don't like like you said. You can cope and say well, we don't know, but it's just not too satisfactory as a, t- a complete story. I don't know if this movie would benefit from like a director's cut. I think it would have benefited from. 
I don't know, just tying them more. Maybe well, take take out a, a couple scenes where they're just calling women <laughs> cunts and uh, put that to some of the story. Like 20, 25, 30% of this movie is just like, just pure misogyny. And I, like, I appreciate that because uh, I really hate when movies that are set in the past um, are so clean cut. So clean cut, like Hacksaw Ridge. I, that movie just still left such I, a bad I taste. I love that movie. In my mouth. I have theories about that movie. Well, maybe we can talk about it in the post-bag segment, but continue. And, like, like, I'm sorry, but 70s America, they were calling black people the N-word, and there was racial tension. And one thing that they don't really touch on this movie, I don't know if it was still an issue at the time, but, like, um, how Italians were treated. Like, they don't really they don't really touch on that. They don't touch on that too much because most of the movie takes place in Brooklyn. Yeah. And so, like, almost all of the white cast in this is, like, Italian-American. So yeah. So, we don't see, like, discrimination. However... There is one plot line that kind of addresses that, like that I like, and that's the Stephanie one. Mm -hmm. And it's it's her romance with Tony is really not that interesting. That's like the her least interesting part of the character. What's interesting is just the stuff that we we never see her at work. Yeah, but her her sort of saga in terms of her work um, and the people she meets is interesting because Stephanie really is. Basically, you know, social standing wise, like the same level of Tony, mm -hmm. but she's aspired to so much more, and she's gotten this high class job despite being. Do you think know, it's real? Her job? Yeah, I do. Okay, I think her job is real. Her job is like she gets to meet high profile people. She name drops all the time: Clapton, Joe Namath, Cat Stevens, all these famous people. I just gotta jump in for a second. Okay. I always thought it was bullshit. That her job was bullshit? Yeah. Maybe not her job, but the people she's meeting. Like, it's just so weird that she's like, I met David Bowie today. And it's like, okay. And she, and then it's like, he asked me how it felt to be 21. Like, it just seems like just stuff people would make up. It, it does. But I think the reason that it feels so fake is because Stephanie is so desperate to show that she, you know, she's... Better. I made something on myself. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's a great... one of, Another great scene in the film is actually their first date when he says, let's go get coffee. Mm -hmm. Their interactions are pretty awkward, but there's funny stuff in it. For example, and this is just an example of showing how she's kind of just... She's trying to she's trying to feign like uh you know like sophistication. Because mm -hmm. she says like we went to go see Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet. And he's like oh yeah that's Shakespeare right? And she's like no that's Zeffirelli. It's a film. <laughs> like she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And then once again he says like ah, I never get why Romeo took the poison so early. And she's like well that's just how they took the poison in those days. <laughs> as if she knows she yeah. doesn't know. She's just trying to impress. She's trying to yeah. impress. And Tony comments on the film. He says I think you're full of bullshit. And then she kind of is. <laughs> But, and, and, and then another thing that sort of adds to that is that when she find when she moves apartment and she sees her old flame, to me, my interpretation there was that she, that was somebody that she was sleeping with, that she wasn't particularly fond of to help her get up and to get yeah. to the position where she was. Yeah. And it's just kind of a sad scene. You know, Tony is like really pissed at her, but you know, she's, she's kind of standing there like and she cries later on in the car saying she he helped me. Yeah. Because she didn't want to go in there and say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because she isn't sophisticated or particular and or she's not sophisticated or particularly educated. She's just somebody who wants to make a life. Mm -hmm. 
and you know her her desperation is pretty palpable and that was one thing i really appreciate and that's it's weird that that's an aside part of the character you can almost cut the tony and stephanie romance out of this i mean you can't because this is a big budget production and it's a 70s film uh and paramount is riding on this and you got to get those love bucks in yeah uh, but i think as a character she's well done and she and her performance is pretty well too apparently this is her first role because in the credits it introducing i don't know about her performance but it's okay yeah it's okay um i think of what else i have to say hmm. i don't know i didn't write too many notes sorry you take the you you take the lead um i don't have too much to say other that i did take some notes but they're pretty scarce we touched on most of it um the thing with this movie is that well first of all i'm surprised it's so popular yeah <laughs> uh and and you know friend of the show caitlin is a big fan of this film loves it uh and you don't <laughs> you know. um you know what hey do i think this is a i actually think this is a good movie maybe nothing more it's certainly flawed and i think it has not aged as well as people would like this isn't necessarily a film I would want remade, but a remake treatment might do well, except it would have to be a period piece and people might see that as inauthentic. Yep. And that's one of the things that I, th- I like about this movie is the authenticity of it all. I just think a movie like Dazed and Confused is just, like, I, better written, a better written 70s piece. Yeah. Where even, like, and that movie doesn't have any sort of end of storyline close book no it's the like, end and like even I, I felt like more uh felt more like more happy you were more satisfied more satisfied with that movie than with this one yeah it's well it's just because this is just a, a, a tightly done script the thing with days confused is that it's just like a snapshot in the lives of these high schoolers yeah and you get so and you get plot lines and you get you know character development and stuff but it feels organic when this this is supposed to be like a scripted drama sort of film, and when you don't get resolutions, and it's something that's scripted and supposed to be you know middle beginning middle end, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as good. Yeah, I like I really like the idea. I just needed to more like I like the idea of this guy who's has friends that he doesn't particularly like and has a lifestyle he doesn't really like, and at the end he's like, oh fuck this. I I like that. I just um. Didn't didn't work, didn't work too well. And I think like Bobby's t- does a better job of delivering that story than to- Tony Rigatoni does. <laughs> he does. Bobby's storyline is great in the film. I I guess Tony. I mean Tony's supposed to be. I mean the ending of the film. It, it's open ending, but it's somewhat hopeful. You know, yeah. he says he's gonna get a new job. He's gonna get an apartment. She's he presumably Stephanie is there to help him. He's supposed to be someone that made it out, and you know. Bobby is somebody that's not. So you can kind of see them as opposites in that sense. Bobby is a cautionary tale for Tony. And I think that's why he says shit. And then he goes to bum around in the subway for a whole night. Mm-hmm. Thinking about his life and his perhaps poor decisions. And the circumstances that lead to, you know, bad things happen. Got any bags for this movie? <laughs> I do. You know what? Yeah, can I give it to you know how I've made one exception to the bag rule, haven't I? 
Maybe one exception. Mm-hmm. What movie was that? It was... I haven't been keeping track for the longest time. But, um... It was... Okay. It was... I did a point five back for one movie because I just couldn't commit. 1.5 bags for Mommy Dear, a special exception. I'll throw another one on there. I'm going to give Saturday Night Fever three and a half bags. Damn. So, you know, if you want to, you know, translate it, it's a seven out of ten. Saturday Night Fever is three out of five bags. It's a movie that I'll probably watch again. Um, I think it has entertainment value beyond just, you know, being a cultural phenomenon that everybody references and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I saw what you wrote there. Um, but it's a, I think it's a good flick that has some problems, but is overall pretty good. And that soundtrack, though. Killer. Be hidden. It does. How many bags, Lucas? Five. I probably want... I don't want to watch it again. Yeah? Yeah. It just really... just bores me. <laughs> like, by the fourth dance scene, I was just on my phone <laughs> waiting for it to, to get on with it. Well, life's going nowhere. Somebody help me. Somebody help you too, buddy. Yeah, somebody help me if I have to watch that again. Hey, we'll watch that one more time. No. When we do the cop rep- retrospective episode in, I don't know, 20 years. We're getting so close to that one year mark, too. This will, 45, five more episodes, and that is our first year. first year anniversary. First anniversary. Cop of, uh, cop of personality. Of cop of cop of personality. That's where I want to be. Don't worry, guys. For the fiftieth episode, we're gonna get the living color license, and we will have that as the theme song. <laughs> Cult of personality. I'll message them. Just hit, hit them on. Do they have Instagram? Do you think? Are they still live? Probably not. Idubs did a was making a video, and um, I don't know if you have, probably do you watch Idubs videos. Uh, not as of late. Some of the, most of them are shit. But he wa- made the uh, made one about Dax Flame. Who? Um, you know that guy in Twenty One Jump Street who's like, can we get some bitches up in here? Yeah. You he, mean the nerd? Yeah. He's like he's like a cult, uh, YouTube channel basically. Like he's been making content for so long. You've probably seen the memes of like the two YouTube thumbnails, and it's like going to school as Superman today, and then it's like and- my humiliation. That's Dax Flame. Really? Yep. Um, I'll show you real and he quick. was in Jump Street? Yep, he started it. And he was also in Project X. Um, I have not seen Project X. Uh, All I know about it is that it's about a big party and they, it, have, shit. they have my girls from Animal Collective in it. Yeah, they die in 31 <laughs> humiliation. It's Dax Flame. Uh, Holy shit, that is him. Yeah. Is, is his big thing YouTube? Is yeah, that how he came to fame? Yeah. I didn't even know that. So that's... I can't believe I've seen Jump Street that many times I didn't even know this guy was significant. So I guess that's kind of like a cameo. Like, he's not big by today's standards anymore. Like, he has 317k subscribers. But back in the day, he was, like, big. Because that was a lot. Yeah. The Superman, my humiliation. I mean, just a story in two pictures. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> so I gotta watch these videos at some point. They're really good. Uh, so anyways, Idubs made a video just about him. Like an hour long video. And he was trying to... He was trying to get some songs... Um, not licensed. Uh, or is it licensed? He was just trying to pay for songs that he could use in his episode. Mm-hmm. 
Is that licensed? Uh, I guess so, yeah, because you have to buy because you're buying the license for it, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he was doing um, California Dreaming by the Mom and Papas. He wanted to get that. And, like, guess how much of that was? <laughs> a lot, probably. 10K. For it to use it in one video? Yeah. In, in like, a YouTube video? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10K. That's a lot. And then he did it, and then YouTube demonetized it. And right. they're like, they own this music. And he's like, I paid for it. And they're like, no. He's <laughs> like, okay. Wait, so Dax, no, that happened to Dax Flame. No, iDubbbz making the video. Oh, I see. Yeah. iDubbbz, oh, so iDubbbz paid for that song in the Dax Flame video. Mm -hmm. What is the Dax Flame video about? Just talking about him? Yeah, you can watch a bit of it if you want. It's it's a pretty good video. I like it. I like iDubbbz's new stuff, not his... Like, his old stuff is kind of funny or whatever, but I don't know. It's, it's very 2016 YouTube edgelord. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Don't you miss those times though? Those are the golden years. Yeah, that's what is just eating in high school all the day, all just the time. Go, just get home from school, dump the backpack, put on the new Frank video, eat your McDouble, and that's that's when things are simple. Filthy Frank, Max Mofo, iDubs, Leafy, anything for views. Yeah. all of those motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, Jontron. Just setting horrible examples <laughs> for all the impressionable teenagers out there. I'm so happy Leafy got just fucked off of YouTube. Oh, he's he got banned, right? Yeah. 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 He came back. He's like, I'm back. YouTube. Nope. 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 <laughs> Three strikes. Bye. See ya. Made a new channel. YouTube said bye bye. <laughs> Deleted it again. Still got his Patreon though. Right? Is that it, he might be banned off that? I don't know. No, not like fucking Alex Jones was banned off fucking everything. You you got banned off Patreon. I'm pretty sure. You know, I mean, as podcasters, let's uh, let's let's talk about the big podcast controversy right now. Should Joe Rogan be censored from Spotify for? Not entirely, but the I mean, like logically, yeah, that episode should be gone because like they're not supposed to. I don't know how it works with Spotify, but like Twitch, for example, if someone gets like perma banned off Twitch, if another Twitch streamer is live and is like talking to that person, that stream gets deleted. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know what? The thing with me personally is that like, maybe it's because I don't take Alex Jones seriously, but I don't see him as like a threat yeah. or like, you know, like as somebody that should be the platform because like... He has you a know, lot of fucking crazy followers, man. He 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 does, but you know, like the icing on the cake for me was when his lawyers were like, it's just, "He's just a character. He's you know, you're not actually supposed to believe that shit." And then I was like, "Okay." I I heard he talked about that. Oh yeah. Um, there was more to that than just that. Yeah, unlike Tucker Carlson, who was in court. Did he see that? And Fox News um, argued that no sane person, person takes, takes it seriously. seriously. Which is like, Fox News kind of shooting themselves in the fucking brain there. Nobody cares. The the people watching Fox News don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't care. Like, do you hear about the Hunter Biden shit? No. Like his son Hunter Biden, they're like. Uh, Tucker Carlson's like, oh, we have evidence that he's a pedophile, sex ring lord, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, actually, uh, we don't have evidence. Sorry, guys. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think that's called uh, slander. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, happens. Hey, it happens to the best of us. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, they're silly. What, uh, what, was that, what was the movie that you wanted to talk about? 
Or right. Hacksaw Ridge. Here's my fear in Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, I went to see this movie four years ago in the theater with... You want to talk about how we got into the movie? No. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Okay. So I went to see this with my good buddy Lucas here and our buddy Anthony. We watch the movie. We leave the theater. These guys hate the movie. They're laughing. I can't believe this piece of shit. Look. This movie... Here's what. Here's what's genius about Hacksaw Ridge, okay? Vince Vaughn? It's like a war propaganda movie that they made in 2020. Or 2016-ish. Okay? You have all these... First of all, you have cartoony characters. The movie is so cartoony. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe you guys didn't love that. Okay, first of all, you have Vince Vaughn. His whole character is hilarious. There's that scene in the barracks where that guy takes his clothes off and he makes him do all the drills naked. That shit's hilarious. Andrew Garfield as like this all-American Christian boy and his nurse that he falls in love with that is Lolly. is like it's hilarious it's funny it's funny propaganda still comes out today it it's sucks not it's not good that it's propaganda and I mean this part isn't that funny well, it's kind of funny it's funny the juxtaposition is funny they, at the end when they're all like when they're winning and they take the flamethrowers and they blow the tunnels full of Japanese people and they're just getting burned alive and there's like the triumphant music is like, yeah! it's like triumphant American music Mel Gibson, he can't be, you know, he's a smarter guy than that. He's maybe not. Maybe he's... not. Maybe not, actually. However, speeding tickets are because of the Jews. Hope you get raped, but uh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I can't say it on there. Uh, he said some bad Look, we all know. We've all heard the tapes. Okay. He, he did his time. He didn't go to prison, but he was exiled for 10 years. Hacksaw Ridge is a good movie. I'll watch that again. It's thoroughly entertaining. It's well shot. And we'll watch it again. What? 85. Oh, Americans love their property. 91 audience Dude, this, score? This got a Best Picture nom and a Best Actor nom for Andrew Garfield. What? The movie <sighs> The movie is like the most idealistic portrait of World War II that you can imagine. <sighs> and you know what? In an era where we get a lot of Saving Private Ryan, and of course that film is amazing, but in an era when we have so much realism... In, in war cinema, it's nice to see that we can all sometimes pretend that, hey, killing people in the name of the flag, maybe it's not so bad after all. <laughs> and that's my piece on Hacksaw Ridge. See, like, a movie that, like, Hacksaw Ridge uses a real-life pacifist legacy to lay the groundwork for a gripping wartime tribute to faith, valor, and the courage of remaining true <laughs> to one's conviction. There's nothing, there's nothing more American than that. Uh, by God. There it is. Oh, my God. Um, wow. And, like, going back to Saturday Night Fever, like, that's a bleak depiction of reality, and I, like, I'm not fond of that movie, but then I'll watch Apocalypse Now, which is fictional, or Full Metal Jacket, which is fictional, but very bleak, and I love that stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, you want a good movie about the the troubles of the working man, Eraserhead. There's a good <laughs> 1977 movie for that. I don't remember the part in every working man's life when their head explodes and then eraser. I feel like out. I feel like it. <laughs> oh shit! Should we watch this movie on the rocks with the uh, Tim with, Allen with Bill Murray, Woody Allen, who I hate, uh, and Rashida Jones, who I to- merely tolerate. <laughs> No, I don't think we will, actually. Do you want to watch a Tribble knockoff movie? Yeah, you know what? Fuck it, I'll watch that. It looks bad enough that it'll be entertaining. Golly, I love God and Mel Gibson, and we're gonna be 
Uh-huh. Only only Mel Gibson could make a film about pacifism that indulges so heavily in killing. And that's like the kind of fine... Oh, there he is. Was he in the movie? No, that's not him in the movie. That's him in uh, Patriot's Day. Oh. I don't remember. Something like I think he might be Patriot's Day. Is that Mel Gibson? No, that's looks, that's a real guy. That looks like uh, Walt Disney. It kind of does. <sighs> yeah. What are we doing next week? Oh shit! Uh, we're doing um. What did I pick? I don't know. Shoot. I need to start writing this stuff down. This is a kind of a Joker podcast that we're then running we, here. Then we got to pick another movie for the week after that. I'll pick it. Okay. Did I pick Rocky Horror Picture Show? No, you didn't specifically. Uh, okay, if, we, if if you look up cult movies yeah. on IMDb, yeah, 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 and you go to yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. second list, yeah, 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 or this one. No, uh, no, it was this one. Yep, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I picked. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, I don't know when I see it, I don't know when I see it. I think it was near the end of the list. Uh, that one. Fear and Loathing, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Alright, so we're doing Fear and Loathing next week, and then what are we doing the week after that? We are gonna do. When, what happened to our list? Um, somewhere. You couldn't keep one list. Hey, you can keep the list too, man. I think it might be on Discord. Oh, I gotta man. fire up the chunguses here one second. <laughs> Just I hate go, that go, app so much. Go through a couple of updates here. God, it's like booting up the penis three. Hey, what a piss console. Okay, go check our chat. <laughs> George Take Lucas's George neck. Lucas's neck. Okay, it's somewhere here. <laughs> That's, that's fucking hilarious. Okay, 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 okay. All right, pick something off of there. Uh, okay. We are going to do... We're doing the Boondock Saints. Why? Napoleon why Dynamite. Is, why is Boondock Saints on there? Can we take that off? <laughs> no. We're doing Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it. Midnight Cowboys on here. Kind of a Joker move. Oh, we have to do laser blast at some point. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, what movie did I pick? <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Okay, so we're yeah. Okay, guys, you heard it here first. Next, the week after next week, Napoleon. This week, it's Fear and Loathing. Uh, get ready. Yeah, hey, remember when we did. The Barbarilla poster is so much better than the actual movie. It's not even funny. Flash Gordon was so good. Man, Barbarilla sucked. How many bags did I give that? Uh, I gave it six. I hope it was two bags. You probably... Yeah, it was probably two. It didn't suck. It was... No, that movie kind of sucks. It was kind of cool. Oh, if we watch that movie again, you're going to you're gonna be regretting that. Oh. The scenes with fucking Pygar. <laughs> and all his bullshit and that lady who hey, you remember that the black queen who you hate yeah she was lame yeah. but duran duran you know i'm hungry like the wolf that was pretty the sweet climax machine what was going on in that movie well that was a that was a coomer movie yeah but it was a good one uh, i don't think so pal 
the movie was just disappointing to me because it was like cool, like a nice nice sixty space pulp adventure. The intro is just so promising. The first ten minutes of this film is the is just so much better than the rest and like the funny. Okay, uh for Halloween we watched um Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice and Evil Dead. Can I get two quick uh We already did we didn't do Evil Dead, I guess, on the show, did we? No. You can you can exempt Evil Dead if you want, but quick review of Beetlejuice. Uh, pretty decent comedy. Um, I, I'm really still hung up on this. Why isn't Beetlejuice in the movie that much? Okay, Matthew. <laughs> because, okay. Okay, okay. Well, here's the other... Okay, 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 let's, okay. Let's, let's, let's be honest, okay? The main characters in this film, not that interesting. Not that funny. They're pretty white bread, actually. But can you tell me Alec Baldwin is funny in this movie? Because I can't. Yeah, I can. No, they're really not. Um... Like the who lives there? Delia Deed. She's all right. Catherine O'Hara does a decent job. Yeah. The fucking Bueller guy. He sucks in that movie. He's so unfunny. His character has no purpose. Winona Ryder. She's okay in this movie. She's just, I don't know. She's okay. Funny. She's playing a dinky little kid. She's uh, funny as hell. There's some funny lines. It's got a, some good music, but like. You have all this cast of characters, and you're focusing on the the only characters that I really really liked were the fat guy Otho, and Otho. Otho. Gene Siskel gave it two out of five. An overly ambitious special effects comedy, obviously influenced by the success of Ghostbusters. When did this movie come out? Oh, was Gene Siskel inspired by Ghost Dad when he fucking died? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You take it, a, you take it a turn, okay? It's just Beetlejuice, okay? Gene, oh, and I, we, I, we didn't mention this. Maybe we did that last week, but uh, Saturday Night Fever was Gene Siskel's favorite movie. Yeah. Um, apparently saw it at least seventeen times, and he owned the suit that John Travolta wore in the final dance sequence, the iconic white suit. That's pretty cool. I wonder how much he paid for that. Um, I wonder if it was his favorite movie. I mean, he must have seen it in theaters, so. All right, you know what? I'll say this though. That two thousand dollars—that's nothing. Well, okay. Holy shit! Hey, translate that to nineteen seventy or seventy-seven money. Well, nineteen seventy-eight, he bought it. So translate that to, to twenty twenty money. That's still for a movie. Pr okay. Uh, you, when I I don't use a calculator. I just search five hundred dollars in nineteen seventy-seven. Does that work? And then I just click the first link, which is the inflation calculator. Yeah. 8000 bucks. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Uh, I mean, it's still right after the movie. And not like Saturday Night Fever is a fucking goat movie for movie collectors. But I'm surprised that the Gene Siskel's favorite movie. I mean, I, I, kind I mean, of I, a lame pick. I guess I don't really know Gene Siskel that well, but, you know, kind of a lame pick, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a good movie, but it's not that good. $2,000? Holy shit. You know what? Maybe when this movie came out in disco culture, to kind of lampoon that and show like the gritty version of that, maybe that was so subversive yeah. at the time. Yeah. Or maybe that was so different that it resonated. Uh, where's Gene Sisko from? Is he from Chicago, like Ebert, or is he a New Yorker? He's from Chicago. Gene Sisko was an American film critic. Oh, shit. R.I.P.
kind of maybe they could have picked a Comic Con picture from for him. Yeah, or what is the Comic Con Ebert picture? Instead of this picture where he's pissed that they don't have. That's not a great picture. I won't lie. <laughs> Caesar dressing at the salad bar. He had a TV show where they had just better shots than this. He looks just <laughs> terrible. Oh well, I don't know why you like the movie that much. I, I'll, I you know, what? I'd like to read his review. We're looking at pictures of Roger Eber right now. He's kind of pogging there. Which one of us? <laughs> which one of us is Cisco and which one of us is Ebert? Uh, neither of us, I hope, or hey. either of them. You know what? Hey, I do. Uh, it looks like straight off the set of Zodiac. He does. They have that on Netflix now. They do. You know what? I want to have a quick section. Netflix picks. They have good stuff on Netflix Canada. Let's do it right now. Okay. Um, first one, easy. Go. Everyone watch Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is like Saturday Night Fever, but way better. Yeah. Yeah. You've been hyping this thing up. It's it's a really good movie. I like the movie a lot. It's like Saturday Night Fever, except better. And instead of uh, disco, it's porn. But it's the same gist, uh, and it's a really good movie. Wait. It's got an all star cast. Got. Wahlberg, you got Julian. Um, Have I seen this movie? Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wait, maybe I've seen this. You seen this? It's got Heather Graham in it. Does he do gay porn at the end? No. Okay, then it's a different movie I'm thinking of. He doesn't do gay porn. However, he does sell himself on the streets when he his pee pee can't go hard anymore. Um, no, I don't think I've seen that. I've seen some other sort of gritty porn movie. I think a Shame. Remember when we watched Shame together? No, that's not a porn movie. That's a Coomer movie. Yeah, that's like the ultimate Coomer. You know what? If if you guys want... For all the Coomers out there, go watch Shame. It'll change your life. <laughs> Get your... Maybe it'll drain the cum out of your brain if you watch that movie. Jesus. Do you think, um... Do you think... He... Had sex with that girl at the end. What girl? The girl on the subway. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. He's 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 a coomer through and through. Damn. Okay, my pick for Netflix: Starship Troopers. Easy. I'm also gonna pick uh, Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. Hey, don't pick that. That's always on Netflix. Everyone's seen that. Okay, watch Starship Troopers because they just added that. I think first time I'm seeing it, and it's a good ass funny movie. Hey, they I got the it, B movie on here. Shout they've had to, that since like I got Netflix. We gotta review the B movie, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what? I love to review the B movie because that movie is so weird. Yeah. That is a weird movie. Like when Jerry Seinfeld was in a big B costume, ziplining. Why did that movie get made? He just wanted to. And they just gave him too much money? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you shit the bed. Hot Fuzz. Good Watch movie. that. Don't watch Jaws. Sons of the Lambs pretty good. Don't watch The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, you know, and I disagree with that one. Do you think that the Schumacher Batman movies are bad? Yeah. Why? Um, why are they bad? Mm-hmm. What does it do good? Well, that doesn't answer my question. Bad costuming. Horrible dialogue. Terrible acting. Do you good. think the co- do you think the costumes are bad? The costumes are bad. 
Like, I always... In Batman and Robin, those costumes suck, man. I just... Look, Mr. Freeze looks cheap. He looks cheap. I don't... Like, I was looking at him the other day, and I was like, it just seems like a different style. And that is a classic <laughs> fucking art cope, and I hated that. When you'd see deviant art drawings I... of anime, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And be like, that's just my style. I guess it's just... It, it's like a kitsch style, but, like, it's just ugly <laughs> to me. Yeah. It's just... The Poison Ivy costume sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Bane looks like shit, too. Yeah. Who yeah. played him in the movie? I don't know. Nobody famous because he just goes <laughs> in the movie, even though Bane is supposed to be incredibly intelligent. <laughs> They've done Bane shit in two movies. They've yeah. never done Bane right live action. How and, would how would you like him to be done? Okay, Bane should be like a parallel to Batman. He's supposed to be extremely intelligent. He's not supposed. To, he's supposed to be a physical and an, and an intellectual match for Batman. Yeah. He needs to be, like, a very reserved and introspective character, okay? So he's not, like, a dumbass in the comics. No. No. Because I, I, all I know from Bane is Dark Knight Rises and like Batman Dark, and Robin. Like, Dark Knight Rises kind of does Bane, right? Like, I would say, like, his dialogue and stuff like that is, like, pretty good. But, like, the, the delivery is so bad. The mask is kind of goofy. Yeah. He's wearing a Tuscan Raiders mask. His story doesn't make sense. It's the guy that likes Talia. <laughs> just, what? It's just why. I don't know why he did Bane like that. Like, it's. He's barely Bane. The only remnants of Bane is that he's a big, strong guy and he's got some kind of juice flowing in him. <laughs> and that's it. They fucked up Bane. They fucked him up. And, they won't, and the thing is, they won't do Bane for another 20 years. Yeah. Because Dark Knight Rises Bane is was such a meme. Yeah. And he was so popular. Uh, Schumacher said that he did, like, more character development in Batman and Robin than has ever been done in a comic book. Uh, I don't think so, pal. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think so, unfortunately. I can yeah. tolerate Batman forever. Like, I like Jim Carrey Ridley. He's kind of funny. That's the one that I, ca I can't remember anything about. And I, I also saw... Like, even as a kid, like, when did uh, Dark Knight come out? 2008. Yeah, so I saw that, like, a lot. And then I went and watched the Clooney Batman, and they had that weak-ass Alfred. And I'm like, who is this punk oh, bitch? He's somewhat famous of an actor. And he, like, the Alfred and, like, the Nolan Batman is, like, so poetic He's and going. helpful. And then I go and see this other Alfred, and he's just like, ooh. Actually, you know what? Burn Alfred is bad. Yeah. He's not good Alfred. Yeah. He's just like an old guy that is there for, for Bruce. But, like, that's not what Alfred should really, like, engage Batman. And then the NCIS Los Angeles Robin guy, he was so yeah, fucking was, silly. Sucked. They have, they've never done Robin. Well, they did him right in uh, 66 Batman, I guess. But that's it. They've not done Robin right since. They have a retro Batman Lego set. Really? Yeah. Oh, that might have to be a cop. I'll show you it. It's pretty sweet. Um... I'm kind of disappointed that we're probably not going to get mm, uh, Robin and Pants in Batman just because it's... Well, these are the... It's too silly, I guess. They're going back to serious Batman. Okay, can I get it? Good picture of this. Yeah, here it is. Ooh, it's even got the retro Batmobile. That's pretty dope. 
Yeah, these are the uh, minifigures it comes with. Hopefully it has a good picture. Um, yeah. Pretty sweet. And whenever it loads. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. You know, funny thing about Adam West Batman, everyone, like, a kind of common joke is that he's out of shape. Yeah. He looks out of shape, but there's, like, a, there's a couple scenes where he takes his shirt off. He's actually in really good shape. It's just the costume was so bad that it just made him look bloated and, like, <laughs> flabby. But he's actually, like, muscular. I have a knockoff Lego Adam West Batman. A knockoff? Yeah. Like, it's not official Lego? Yeah. But it's still, like, pretty similar. Oh, that's pretty cool. If I can... See, they always give him those boobs. <laughs> He's got pecs, man. He's jacked. I want to see Adam West. And nice attention to detail on that Joker, because I saw that the mustache he's got the mustache. Yeah. And I know everyone knows that that he would not cut his mustache off, but it's so funny. <laughs> Look at him. Like, he looks like a dork. Total dork. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Th th this Batman is dead. Like, they will never bring this back except for, like, haha, one shot specials. So, shark repellent. Bat, it's got bad bullshit coming out. Him running looks funny as fuck. I love that scene in 66 where he has the bomb and he's like, oh, I gotta dump it. And then he sees nuns and he's like, oh no, there's babies. And he's like, oh no. Give it 10 more years, people are gonna be looking at the original Superman movies like that. The, the original, like seven Christopher Reeve Superman is that movie is. I don't even think that movie is that good though. It's not really that good. Have you ever seen the Siskel and Niebert review of that movie? No. Like this is so great. The effects are awesome. The romance is on oh, point. And like, <laughs> the thing with Ebert is that like I respect him so much as a writer and a critic, but like some of it, like some of it's like what? How could you think of this? Like as someone who well versed in cinema. How could you believe, genuinely believe this? And I mean, I guess it's just the nature of critics to disagree sometimes, but Jesus. What was his name? Romero? Who played, um... Cesar Romero. Yeah. I love his, um... I love that look so much. I wish they brought back this... Uh, the, I don't know. They'll never do it, but... This sort of goofy... Like, this is, like, almost the better version of the Schumacher look, I guess. In my opinion. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I think um what's his name? Oh Jesus. Who who's in her? Oh Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin. Jo I, I, probably my favorite uh visual interpretation of the Joker. Yeah, it's a good it's a good Joker. Like the colors are so fucking good and that makeup, oh my god. All I have are negative thoughts. That movie was so good. That was a good movie. I haven't seen it in a while. Might be time for a rewatch. Oh, fuck that was so good. Yeah, I want to see. I'm excited to see the next interpretation of the Joker. Like he's such a blank slate that you can just come in and all. All you have to do is he has to be clownish. Yep. And he needs to be crazy. And green hair. That's kind of the only thing you have to for sure do. Now some of that artistic license it backfires, and you know you get Leto Joker. But uh, for the most part, I mean Joker's done pretty well. I mean you know what? Live action wise, Leto Joker is like the only one that's like pretty shinny. Leto Joker is just like kind of the interpretation of the people who idolize the Joker. 
This is like Leto Joker is like the people who love Joker. That's who they wish they were. Like cool gangster man. He's got the grills. He's got a hot babe girlfriend. One day when he was on set, he called the director and said, "Is your refrigerator running?" (laughs) (laughs) Director said, "No." He said, "Well, fuck, I just shit my pants." (laughs) Sent them used condoms on the set and shit. I want to go on eBay, see if we can get a Suicide Squad used Lido condom. Come preferably still inside. Don't. Six, 65 for Suicide hey, Squad third a- series, number 25. Very fair to near men. DC, save on shipping details inside. Yeah, honestly, I. Yeah, let's go for it. I'm in. You want to split it? What's a? I know I've asked you this before. I'm just gonna ask you one more time. What's a What's a comic book grail for you? I don't like have like a grail grail like that because all the comics that I are like grail are like so expensive that there's like fantasies. Okay, what's a comic? And maybe you don't have one where it's like just slightly out of your price range. And you're like, ooh. I really want to get to, just to complete my new Teen Titans set. Yeah. And I have, like, almost all of it. I, between issues one, so I have issue one, I can't get issue two, because Deathstroke is going to cost me, like, at least 300 bucks. Maybe I'll get around to that. I thought you saw one for, like, 150 We did, actually. And you can probably find one for pretty cheap now. Too, uh, it's not too bad, honestly. I actually, the highest to first is, like, the best way to sort things highest first yeah because when you do lowest and you just see like two cent uh Bullshit, yeah yeah so you do highest whole series 466 or is that the whole series yeah that's actually quite good oh those are older issues Whew. sorry well let's see I want that just because I have, like, all the issues besides that. I have a few, like, five, six, seven, but they're not, those ones are not worth anything, so I can pick them up anytime. But now that I have issue one, it's just, uh, let me get that first (laughs) volume, though. Is it just the Deathstroke one that's a lot? Yeah, that's the only one that's going to be more. I I have all the ones. I got lucky, like, five years ago when I was getting into comics. I went on Kijiji, and some guy was selling, like, a huge lot of new Teen Titans, and I was like, nice. I love, and I love the costumes of the... Of the original times. And also the art in this is amazing. I love George Perez's art. Uh, it's great. Does he actually kill them in that issue? So unfortunately, the whole team does die in the second issue. Um, and every other issue is a ruse. They have them on the cover, but they're not in it. <laughs> Fuck. What's the, uh, the spoiler for me? How did they survive uh, this? It's literally, I could not tell you. <laughs> they fight, I think, one... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. They always get out of there somehow. The real question is, how how did, like, an alien that can fly, a guy can turn into, like, a dinosaur and a cyborg, how did they lose to, like, a st- kind of strong guy with a samurai sword? That doesn't make sense, but that's comics for you. Is that the Flash? That's Kid Flash. Kid Flash. It's Kid Flash. Wally West. Tired of comic books in there. <laughs> Mono... Homogenous initials. Kid Flash. Hey. hey, I'm Bert Birdings, and I'm Jimmy Johns. Hey, it's Bruce Banner here. Peter Parker. Hey, Bruce Banner. Do you ever look up how much it costs? Let's end the show. Bye, guys. <laughs>
Been, we, this post bag. This is the longest post bags we've ever done. So yeah, no more post bags. Are we just gonna just that abrupt? Give give them something. Give them a little something. We haven't. We There's have, a kiss for you. We haven't plugged the show in a while. Go on Spotify. Go on Apple Podcast. Go on umfm.com. Search up Call to Personality. There's an, We're the best podcast on there. I'm gonna check right now, but last time I checked, there were other jokers who had, you know, technically they had the name before us. I, uh, well, when we started, they had like their last upload was like a few months ago. Let me look this up right now. I'm gonna look up Call to Personality. Okay, if you look that up on the Apple Podcasts, um, I would like to announce that we have pulled to the front of the page. Really? So if you search up Call to Personality. We do see us, and then uh, those other guys are nowhere to be found. There's some... some That's not them, because they weren't French or whatever that is. This is some Italian... Look, we're, we're not the Italian show with the race car on it. That's all I'll tell you. We are the cult of personality. Those guys may have hit the road. Damn. We ran them out of town. Holy... Oh, oh no, they're there. They're in the very back, and they haven't uploaded since July, yeah. so those guys are fucking jokers. You're done. We are easily the best podcast on UMFM. I'll say that with confidence. <laughs> okay, we got this show. When was the last time they uploaded? Oh, whack. Oh, shit. Okay, we'll still. Uh, ring her off, please. That was U of M. Uh, History Students Association. Sending me an open letter. Tell them to take a hike. Anyways, um, here here's another one. A little kiss for you, the ne- listener. Next week, Fear and Loathing. Week after that, it's Napoleon Dynamite. Let's get it. Go watch those movies and tune in. Tune in, tune out, drop out. I think I did that right. End the show. Quick, 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 quick. 